0: Warning, the Catholic Man show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire Kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for pagans. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles, doing Facebook Live, or attempting to... It's happening. It's It's happening. Unfortunately, it's (laughs) people are watching us. (laughs) Just struggle (laughs) to get through this.
1: I tried to set it up so that the people on Facebook could hear our bumper music, and I did. And then I forgot that, oh, in the first segment... It actually starts with the, the warning. warning.
0: Right. Which yeah. threw us through the timing off. So
1: on Facebook they were hearing the bumper
0: music, but in real and not the anyway. Yeah. Yeah, just messed with the timing. It'll be fine on the other segments. It will be good. Yeah. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. If this is your first time listening, we do three things every episode. Open review and enjoy a man beverage, highlight a man gear and have a manly discussion. The the topic today is going to be interesting, I think, because it's a mm-hmm. virtue mm-hmm. that most aren't even aware about. I would say correct. Um, yes,
1: that's how I was. Even three weeks ago, mm-hmm. I stumbled. A- <laughs> I uh, was telling someone I was uh, stumbled across this in the Suma about three weeks ago. And started <laughs> laughing like, yeah, just casually, you know, strolled across it as if that's what I'm doing <laughs> with my time. You know? Just let me just peruse the Suma. Yeah. You know, oh just, God,
0: I have five minutes. Let me go. Yeah, just oh some
1: good leisure time. Yeah, in the jump. Suma. Yeah. That's not what happened. I was actually doing research for magnanimity mm-hmm. when I encountered today's virtue and Thomas, Saint Thomas, referring to it as a virtue. So awesome! Here we are. Here, here we are.
0: are. Uh, Dave, I w- I just got back from my my grandmother's 80th wedding or not wedding. I'm Man. sorry, 80th birthday. Wedding would be impressive too. Wedding would be impressive, but it was her 80th birthday party, and dude, I had the one of like the best conversations uh with her like, like one of those conversations for the like uh for the decade you know like for the books yeah you just like you don't get those kind of conversations my, my grandma's a super holy woman yeah um that, that she is uh and she like let me into her prayer life like like wow yeah kind of like told me about her prayer life you know she's a widow now my grand my uh-huh. grandfather passed away yeah how's she doing with that uh well like way better than I I think a lot of people. I think that would. you I mean, know, she's
1: just by the time you know you've been married for so long, you're you're both as you slowly get old, uh, you just know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of clients who are old. Yeah, she
0: did. She she knew it was coming. And
1: so I've I've talked about that with them, and you know we talk about you know who do you want, you know how should we be managing your money if right. it's if it's going to different people, and they're very well. I think when you get to a certain age, you're very matter of fact about like, listen, I'm going to die, and that's right. just going to happen. That's just the way it is, you know.
0: Uh, I do want to tell uh, I do want to tell all the priests out there that are listening because there are some priests that listen to our show. Uh, shout out Father Brian O'Brien and Father Brian Ketterer and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that my grandmother is hardcore praying for you guys, uh, like all the priests. She says uh, a full she f- says four rosaries every day. She does all all the. When mysteries. you say the rosary,
1: you, you mean like you, she says her she says oh I prayed the rosary. She, she means, means all all the four full mysteries. Full rosary, yeah. yeah, and
0: one of them is specifically for. The priests, um, and because she says, that, you know, the priests need our, our our prayers now more than ever, and it's because uh, the lack of laity that uh, praying for the priests that have uh, caused a lot more issues than what there should be, yeah, and um, yeah, totally. So, um, so she says, that, you know, it's kind of our responsibility to be praying for for the priests out there, and so I mean, she's mm-hmm. uh, sacrificing a lot. So anyway, I feel like the, like. If I heard somebody say that about me, I'd be like, "Okay, yeah. I, I'm." Thank you yeah. for
1: telling me. Every day, uh, I pray for all all priests and deacons, especially those of our diocese and our bishop.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like your your prayer and, hack that you. Yes. Had.
1: So another, but another thing that we started doing uh, it was a tradition in my wife's family that after the blessing of prayers, they would always say at the very end and bless the cook. Mm-hmm. Um, but so in, it, in the which a bless tithe, us, O oh Lord, and these I guess you know which just in the of Christ, our Lord, Amen. And bless the cooks, and you okay. know that was the, and that was the end of our prayer. Uh, but in Wichita, a lot of people would throw in and bless the bishop. They wouldn't necessarily say bless the cooks, but um, at at the end of every prayer, meal prayer, you know, they say bless the bishop. And so we started throwing that in too. And yeah, it, it feels right because the bishops, man, you know, the, all priests need our prayers, no doubt, but especially the bishops. Right. I mean,
0: without it, I mean, because. Think about the demons that are trying to yeah. attack them on every yeah every greater corner.
1: responsibility right. Anyway, we got to get to this drink. I okay, let's try, do I this. Drink it.
0: Let's do this. So, uh, the the whiskey today, the scotch that we're drinking today is brought to you by the Council of Man, the group Council of Man is uh is who sponsored this drink. We actually had it at the Catholic camp Campout. Um, mm-hmm. It was one of the whiskeys that we tried. I
1: did not get to try this one actually while we were there. Oh well. So this would be this is. This is me trying it for the first time.
0: Sweet. Uh, this is the Singleton, is what it's called. It's a single malt Scotch, 12 year. Um, it's a Speyside Scotch. Okay. You know, I, I, don't, I don't get to try I don't get to drink a lot of Speysides. Uh, okay. Well, this one's this one's an easy one, I think. Okay. Uh, so l- let's try it, and then I'll, I'm interested in your thoughts. So we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So yeah, like I said, this is a space side, which is all, which is going to be a little bit lighter. Uh, there's going to be a lot more floral notes, a lot of, a lot more fruity notes as well. It um, smells that way. There's. It's not going to have much smoke. It's not going to have much peat. Um, it is, especially this one right here, the Singleton, which is a 12 year. They had an eight year, and they've they just basically use it now exclusively 12 year, and they use it for blends as well. They they use this as a as a scotch that they used to blend as well. But um it, it's a easy scotch. Mm-hmm. I, to me, if you're you're getting into the scotch game and you don't want to spend a whole lot of money, you don't like smoking, you don't like the PD yet um, you don't like it yet, yet. Right. This would be a great one to go to. The single it's called the singleton. Um, it's only about a thirty five dollar to forty dollar bottle. So not, not a oh, very, really yeah not a not a strong investment. Nice. You know what I liked about it? What what was the, your thought? What was your palate? Uh,
1: well, before I get there, okay, chronolo- chronologically ordered. When I took the k- the cork out, mm-hmm. it's a very it was a very solid like wow, that's a cork. It just felt it felt manly, honestly, uncorking the bottle.
0: One thing I don't like about the bottle though is that it's almost like a flask shape instead of a round shape, like how a normal bottle is. Does that bother you? Yeah, it bothers me. Because it's, why, it's why hard did, to like,
1: like Adam. Uh, tell me more about that. Why does that bother you?
0: It just bothers me, like pouring it. Like I can't hold it very well. I don't know. It just bothers me. What okay. were your thoughts on the palate? Um,
1: it was very, it was very smooth. It was, uh I don't know. It's not smooth in the same way that a Highland with uh, Scotch is. You know, Highland. It's like wow. If you've never had a Scotch, straight Scotch before, there are a lot of Highlands out there you could drink and not cough or you know the first. The first time you ever drink Mm -hmm. whiskey, I think a lot of guys, will, a lot of people will cough, just like, wow, that's strong, you know? Right. Um, This still has, I think, some of that. Uh, Really? There's a bite to it in a good way. Not like, it's not that it's not smooth. Let me try, let me drink it again.
0: Yeah, that's interesting you say that, because I think it's only 40%. Yeah, it's only 40%. So... No, no, it's it's the flavor. It's not the, uh, yes.
1: Okay, so it's not a bite from not being smooth. It's definitely smooth. There's just more flavor there than what I think a lot of it Highland says, It says in the bottle, it says
0: uh, light, fruity, and creamy. Creamy. That's an interesting way to describe it. It also says lightly distilled in Speyside, which what that, I, that has to be a marketing, like, That has to be something marketing because it's not like you can lightly distill something. You
1: yeah, it's either distilled or or it's not not distilled.
0: Yeah, it's not like you can heavy distill distill a whiskey anyway. But I think it's a good average. There's nothing that like jumps out at me to say this is a wow. This is an amazing whiskey, but there's nothing I I I can say negative about it. I'll tell you if you can find this for for less than forty dollars, this is thirty five. This is a
1: great. A great I, bottle of scotch I, for I, that price. Yeah, I
0: think that this is a great bottle to have on your shelf when, when guys come over. Also, if there's times where I would like to drink a scotch, but I don't want to sit there and really invest the time into the scotch. I just want to have a scotch. Yeah. I don't want to sit there and taste, you know, really, I don't want to pour a $50 bottle of scotch, you mm-hmm. know, or a $100 bottle, whatever it is. Yeah, there's definitely place
1: on the bar cart or in your bar for a cheap, solid whiskey um you know like scotch seven, particularly like uh not just whiskey but scotch like in my opinion 1792 1792 uh the that, bourbon yeah oh yeah that's a bourbon but mm. anyway that's kind of a another one you know it's not very expensive but it's good it's very good uh you know but you don't have to sit there and invest the you don't feel obligated to you know it, like if, you, if you're drinking um oh ron, what's ron swanson's here. Lagavulin. Lagavulin. If you're drinking Lagavulin and you're not paying attention, you know, you just are having, you feel like you're kind of wasting, uh, wasting your time, wasting your money on drinking that Lagavulin. But it's nice to have something on the shelf that you don't have to worry about. You can just drink it. And especially like when you have friends come
0: over and they say, oh yeah, I'm not a scotch drinker, but I'd like to try one. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to break out a $70 bottle of scotch. And say here try this one cuz their palate's not refined. They you know yeah. they, they don't know what they're even looking for in a scotch. Mm-hmm. Um, so something like this would be a great one to pull out because it's not going to just uh you know it's not going to overpower them. It's a it's a pretty light drink. I would bet if you added water to it though, it would probably plateau the flavors. I could see that. So anyway, Singleton 12 year. It is a uh, brought to you by the council of man go to the catholic and check that out become a member we're on the lord's team the winning side so raise your glass
1: And welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. I don't know if we actually said what our topic is today. The, today we're talking about, this is not, we're do, we're at the, the, the Man Gear segment. But just so you know, we're talking about the virtue of magnificence today. Yes, the virtue of magnificence. Which is a virtue, which is crazy to me. Magnificence. Uh, which actually goes a lot, in, we'll, we'll talk about it later. We'll yep. get it, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Uh, but... So that you understand why we're using the man gear that we're doing. The virtue of magnificence is essentially the virtue of giving away lots of money. Um, So our our man gear for today is a credit card. Um,
0: Dave, can I see yours really fast? I'd like to show them what what kind of credit card you you have.
1: uh, The thing is, Adam, I didn't bring my wallet over here. I usually don't do that. I don't bring it to your house.
0: I was going to show them your, your credit card, and that way they could see what one looked like yeah you see your the numbers mm-hmm. everything else
1: yeah so actually i uh i have i do have two credit cards now that I think about it, although one is a virtual credit card i have an amazon credit card oh, okay um so everything we buy you know like we subscribe and save to stuff on amazon mm-hmm. uh if you guys if you buy a lot of stuff on amazon look into it um wait <laughs> let me, let's talk about that <laughs> yeah. after we discuss credit cards okay
0: so also with credit card being the man gear, uh we're not giving financial advice today
1: yes we are not giving financial advice I'm not recommending the, even though you are a financial advisor i am a financial advisor not recommending the stock of any financial company we're just talking about appropriate use of credit cards are they i want to talk about are they good are they bad uh because there's a lot of uh there's a lot of opinions out there These days, Um, you know, there's like like Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's got his I think it's called Financial Peace University. Uh, He he kind of promotes the idea that credit cards are bad. You should cut up your credit cards, get rid of them. And I understand why he does that, because he's, you know, helping people who maybe are in a lot of debt. Right. Okay. And so for those people, um, you know, if you're not able to use them the right way, then, yeah, cut them up and get rid of them because um, otherwise they're just going to cause you more problems. But um, a credit card, every, I think everybody knows. Everybody knows. Do you think everybody knows what a credit card is? I, mean, I think like, so. I think, I think they do. I think so. Uh, but it's different from your debit card. Okay? Right. So you've got a debit card, actually withdraws money from your checking account, and then your credit card is you have a line of credit given to you by one of the financial companies. okay? Uh, so the credit card, you make a payment at the end of the month. And if you don't, they charge you like 15% interest. Um, some of them are lower some of them are higher some of
0: them are like 21 or 28 and then
1: you can also get some depending on what you want out of a credit card you can get some that have lower credit or uh, lower interest rates but give you no they don't pay you don't get cash back you know you don't get any rewards right Right. but i think 15 percent is about average for a credit card um so i use credit cards okay i buy everything
0: on a credit card as do i um why do you do that I do it for a couple reasons. Okay. Um, the first reason, but not the maybe not the primary, but one of the fir- one of the reasons is that we have a Southwest credit card, yeah. and so everything that I put on there, I can either get I get points for it for airfare, sometimes double points depending on what I'm buying. Um, so I put everything on there. Yeah. Uh, also, I do some things a little different financially with within my home. I pay everything off the first five days of the month regardless of the due date so everything gets paid within the first five days and then that way from then on i have like i know where i stand there's no more surprises there's no more oh yeah i still have to pay this or oh yeah i still have to pay that yeah Um, i pay everything off within the first five days Mm -hmm. and so that way i also have the idea of i can check my my credit card statement at that point in time and say okay all the bills have been paid and here's where we're at yeah, um, and that way, kind of, it kind of helps um, facilitate, how, like how much money we should be spending the rest of the, the rest of the month.
1: Okay, so I agree with what you're doing. Um, whether it's the first five days, as long as you pay right. it off every month. Yeah, we pay it off every single month in full. The problem so, that people run into is that they, they begin to view their credit cards differently from their debit card. Your credit card and debit card should be viewed exactly the same. If you don't have the money mm-hmm. to pay for the stuff that you're buying. You can't buy it. Mm-hmm. That's the way buying stuff works. Mm-hmm. Okay? Even though with a credit card, technically, you don't have to have the money, you know, because you're putting it on this line of credit. You will someday. Yeah. That's how people end up in thousands, and you know, with maxed out credit cards. Right. Uh, because then 15% interest is a lot. Right. And it starts kicking in and it sucks. Okay? Um, so credit cards, they provide a couple benefits if you can... but. If you can't use them responsibly, and what I mean is, pay them off every month. Mm-hmm. And I'm very serious about that. If you're not paying it off every month, the whole thing, mm-hmm. you don't get to use credit cards. Right. That's they, what we do. they lose their benefit. Right. They cost you more right. that way. Um, another thing is that if you're buying stuff online, a credit card is safer. Because, because if um, someone gets your debit card information online, you can be... It's a lot harder... get your money back because they've actually taken your money right okay with a credit card if they get your credit card information the credit card company just eats it and it's a very easy you know you can say like hey these are fraudulent purchases and they just remove them right it's basically that easy Mm -hmm. Um, so it's safer if you're buying stuff online a lot of people buy stuff online I buy a lot of stuff online Mm -hmm. to use a credit card these days Um, so also the main reason why I, I do it is because we get two percent cash back, I think, okay, whatever the credit card, and you know if you think about all the stuff you buy over
0: the year mm-hmm. two percent ends up being a lot of money it's a yeah I mean it, ha- it c- especially comes around it's beneficial during Christmas time sure
1: yeah I mean it, if if you can just take the two percent if you you could look at it this way, just if what if you were able to save two percent of everything you bought like that went into your savings account
0: mm-hmm. Um that's a good way to save money right yeah so that's what i mean that's what that's what haley and i do we 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 buy we i, I also only get paid once a month so that makes a little bit yeah. of difference as well yeah but I, you know we pay everything off at the I, very beginning. I
1: like getting i've i kind of get paid once a month i like just one time i do too because you can sync up your bills you right. can you know you don't have to like divide oh i pay the water bill in the second half of the month and right. the electric bill, you know, that
0: gets super annoying. Right. And that's why it's really nice to do a credit, like, even if you do get paid, you know, uh, twice a month or something like that, you can still do that with a credit card. Yeah. You pay everything off on your credit card as long as you make sure you pay pay the credit card off every month Yeah, at the end of the month.
1: You have to do that. Yes. Because it'll be... It's not cool even one time. Right. I mean, stuff happens, obviously, but pay it off. You have to prioritize that. Otherwise... Otherwise, uh, you end up six months, a year down the road, going, "How did I
0: get forty five thousand
1: dollars in debt, or or you know five thousand even, or ten thousand, right. whatever your limit is? Right? It it can happen quick.
0: And you know, as Catholics, we're supposed to be good stewards
1: of our money. Right? Yes, I'm glad you brought. I'm glad you brought that up because otherwise, you know, the money you have is a gift. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're not being good stewards, you're like the guy. In the parable that Jesus tells, there are three of them. All of them receive certain a number of talents, and one guy buries them in order to keep them safe. You right. know, uh, that's misusing the gifts you've been given. So don't be that guy. Yeah, that's
0: a bad. Uh, he didn't have kind things to say about him.
1: Yeah, no, he really didn't. No, uh, it was pretty bad. Right, actually. Now, I'm not. I don't want to assign blame to anybody because. There's probably a lot of people out there who are listening to us who are in that situation where they have a credit card that's maxed out or whatever, okay? I'm not saying, we're not saying that you're a bad person or that you're morally, you know, like, oh, you need to go to confession. I mean, that's not the case at all because a lot of times, you know, things happen. Life happens. Life is full of, and that is one of the things about credit cards is you say, well, I had a health thing come up and. I had to have eight thousand dollars, right? I didn't have eight thousand dollars, you know. So, right in that case, thank God for the credit card. You know, at least you could, you know, or you could think it even maybe something is a bigger emergency, you get stranded somewhere or whatever, right? You know,
0: it also builds up your credit. Uh, Yes, uh, Yes. yeah. You know, if you if you use your credit card every month and you pay it off every single month, it builds up your credit to where when you do need to borrow money for a house or a car or whatever. Um, your credit score is hopefully good.
1: Yeah, because there's really only a few ways to build credit, especially if you're young uh, and you don't have any bills. Having bills in your name, that's one way of building credit. Having a loan, a car loan or a home loan, but if, if you're in high school, you might not have one of those. Um, you don't really need credit necessarily in high school, but um, before you graduate from college, I think it's good to have some credit. Hopefully you have a bill in your name, throughout college mm-hmm. that's a safer way to go um i think college kids are notoriously irresponsible with credit using their credit cards but if you don't have if you don't have any credit having a credit card is a good way to build you don't have to put something even on it every month um mm-hmm. even just like a couple times a year and just turning around and immediately yeah. Paying just always off.
0: check check your terms and stuff like that
1: yeah um because when you have a credit report done they don't actually send, oh, here's late payments on a credit card. Um, they will do that for a mortgage or for a fixed loan, but all your lines of credit that is gonna show up on your credit report as in good standing or not in good standing. Hmm. So if you've you know missed a, a payment a couple of times on your credit card, but you still have it, you know it's no big deal. Like they'll happily charge you 15% interest. Uh, and it will still show up as in good standing. Okay. But don't miss any payments.
0: Yeah, that would not be I'll good. I'll be so mad at you. <laughs> uh, so, this is going to actually be a good transition into the virtue of magnificence. Yes. Uh, credit cards was the man gear. Drinking a little bit of singleton. 12 year scotch. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So, raise your glass.
1: And welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. This is my segment to come in. Oh, you're right. Oh, you can have it. You can do it on the next segment. I don't, even, I don't even want to. I'm here with Adam Minahan. We're going to talk about the virtue of magnificence. Yes, we are. Which is a magnificent thing to talk about, I think. Uh, it goes along, I mentioned this earlier, it goes along with the virtue of magnanimity. Okay, there's some overlap here between these okay. uh, between these virtues. Uh, yeah, but the reason that I even know could that you say though that there's some overlap between every virtue between all of the virtues? Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, in... in it's like the, the the circle the the charts where it's like they all converge at the middle.
1: Yeah. Uh, what is that? Venn diagram.
0: Yeah. Is that a Venn diagram?
1: That could very well be a Venn diagram.
0: Could be. Somebody needs to make a Venn diagram of all the virtues. See, I'm not sure that it. It We talked about this recently. What's the middle? What's the middle part? Is it charity? Charity. It's clearly everything.
1: Every virtue is a sub-virtue of charity. I don't know if that's. It just seems like that's pretty obvious that okay, that's the case. You may be lying because everything is love in the end. Right. Okay, that's a good. Yeah, I agree with that. And if you're remember, if you have when we did the episode about uh, supernatural virtues versus natural virtues, Mm -hmm. if you have a virtue but you don't have, um love you know right it's just, it's, just it's a, a natural a, a virtue. natural virtue and, and right. you merit no eternal yeah. reward
0: it's not efficacious towards right. towards your uh spot in heaven right yeah so anyway Isn't that gonna be crazy that's gonna be crazy in heaven we're all gonna have like cra- heaven is definitely gonna be crazy if that's if that's your question then yes <laughs> it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be crazy it's gonna be crazy awesome like we have the beatific vision everybody's gonna be like lined up you know according to their state in life how they had like and you know while we're here like kind of the bu- the bucket of grace that we get, you know, we can either grow it or or, or it diminishes, and ha- whatever we die with, that bucket is where we're gonna end up being on the yeah. level hierarchy of heaven. Yeah, you know what? I'm really excited to see. If what? I have to get, if I'm like standing behind you and like I have to see your the back of your bald head, trying to get to the beatific but see, vision, it won't
1: be bald once, oh, once yeah, we're there. Yeah. I'll have the most beautiful <laughs> the hair.
0: luscious locks, David luscious locks, Niles.
1: Yeah. Okay. Everybody will be luscious locks, though. That's true. Do you think we'll have long hair in heaven? I don't know. Buzz cut? I mean, like, we'll uh, all have that uh, surfer
0: Jesus length hair, you know? Yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. I haven't thought about that. That is. A, I could have a beard. Dude, you will have a... I'm I, sure you'll have a sweet beard. That'll be so
1: cool. You'll be, like, tripping over it, over it in the stuff <laughs> all the time. But one thing that I'm really excited to see is, you know, at your judgment, I think everybody kind of agrees that... You're there with God, and we're, you're like going to go look back over your life, like all of the every moment of your life um, as part of your judgment. I'm excited to see what the blessings were that I received. You know, like every at the end of Mass, we get a blessing. Mm-hmm. What? What was it? What blessed? What was the blessing that we received? Was it a specific grace to do? You to know, do something? I, you know, every blessing is you know there's a grace that's given to us, right. and God, I assume just picks one out you know that he knows like this is what you need mm-hmm. right now from this blessing uh you know the grace to do something well or you know maybe he of uh, you know used that blessing to have you know avoid a tragedy in our life you know like sure whatever i'm just very interested to find out what the blessings specifically were that i've received throughout my life yeah that'll
0: be cool that'll be cool and also whenever like you see your guardian angel like help you like bail you out of a situation. That'll be mm-hmm. cool. Like, yeah. high-five guardian angel.
1: Yeah, so I but wonder... But he,
0: he, they won't even have a body, so you can't high-five them. Yeah, but I wonder, like, of the Ninja
1: Turtles, like, which one is my guardian? You know, like, does he have a sword? Or is he, you know, with the nunchucks? Like, what is his weapon of choice? Because I feel like he definitely has one. Yeah. But, I, but I have to imagine the sword is very popular among the angels. Right. I mean, it just... it's it very, just seems it's very like, epic. It's very biblical. Right. You know, there's those
0: the angel at the Garden of Eden with the fire sword.
1: Right. It's tough to beat a fire sword,
0: really, if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, That's probably where lightsabers came from. Yeah. We're way off topic. Virtue of magnificence. The virtue of magnificence. Okay, so we just
1: talked about credit cards. And if you can follow the rules of appropriate and responsible use of credit cards, then you may one day achieve and amass wealth. Okay? And... Today, we are talking to you, to all of these people, all of you out there, who have amassed wealth, because the virtue of magnificence can only be exercised by the wealthy. Okay, so l- lay out the, the definition of magnificence, then. Um, I, the, the definition of magnificence, the virtue, is uh, giving away large sums of money for public benefit. Okay.
0: Now didn't Aristotle say something about somebody who could exercise the virtue of magnificence in the realm of them having like a high like power like position within a society and that, so they could exercise that power to obtain basically kind of the same thing but instead of the money they use power
1: um, he may have. Uh, I'm think, not. I'm not familiar I think with that. that. He, I
0: think that he he said that in in his ethi- like his ethics book. Nicomachean ethic. Yeah. I think it's
1: pronounced Nicomathian. If that's not how it's pronounced. But,
0: but I think be, he said that uh, you can also pratri- practice the virtue of magnificence by if you hi- have like a like for instance if you are the the president CEO of a company or you are the president of the United States you have a high powered position and you know that if you use that that position to do something of of grandeur... Grandeur. Grandeur. Mm-hmm. Um, then that would be exercising the virtue of magnificence as well. See, to me
1: now, that's a heavy, heavy overlap with magnanimity. Like you're doing something worthy of honor. Right. Uh, but everything that I've read, magnificence specifically, has to do with I, giving away money. I, I think I agree with you. I'm just asking... I was asking because I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, okay, so... It's interesting because the, the virtue has been interpreted differently throughout the centuries by different people. Um, some people have... Some philosophers throughout history have said that uh, magnificence is a sub-virtue of generosity. Uh, Thomas Aquinas disagrees with that. Okay. He says that it is a sub-virtue of fortitude. Because in fort- the virtue of fortitude, you end up saying, I am going to uh, do something even though it might cause physical harm to me. Okay. Um, So he reckons it a special virtue that resides under fortitude because you're giving away money and you're risking the loss of your personal property. So, you know, you might give this away and then, you know, like, you have to kind of put yourself back in the day. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you might give this away and then a famine might come and you might lose all your vineyards. Okay, and you just gave away all your money. So now you don't have any money to build... The vi- replant the vineyards, you know, to keep right. all your staff or you know whatever. Okay. So um, in that case, giving away all this money, the wealth, uh, it's it resides in fortitude because you might suffer physical loss. Um, to me, it seems more like it's part of generosity. But once again, who am I to disagree with Thomas Aquinas? just it, it's, yeah. it's a silly, it's
0: a silly thing to do. I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So it seems like that to exercise the uh, you know with with magnificence. It seems like that the opposite. Like if you're not exercising the virtue of magnificence, it would be that you're spending money on stuff that you shouldn't be spending money on, and not spending money on stuff that you should be. Say, uh,
1: say that again. So if you're not exercising the if virtue, you're not
0: exercising it, then then you're spending uh, money on stuff that you really shouldn't be, and. Uh, not spending money on what you should be. Let me give you. Let, let me okay. let me flesh this out. Do we have time? Yeah. Let me flesh this out really fast, um, because <clears throat> so here's so with the b- virtue of magnanimity, it, or I'm sorry, with magnificence, it seems like that you're always obtaining, like you're trying to obtain this end of 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 grand, like this uh, no nobility, whatever uh, architecture, whatever it is, something to um. Bring forth the kingdom of God, whether church, yes. whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. So if if you're going, like, let, let's say there's, you know, the, you know, do you remember those MTV shows where they had like the sweet sixteen parties and these big rich guys threw them these massive sw- sweet sixteen parties. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. they spent crazy money on the party plus giving them like Bentleys or whatever else. That's not ex- exercising the virtue of, of magnificence because. You're you're spending on mu- like excess money on stuff that you probably shouldn't be spending excess money on. You're not using it wisely. Yeah. Um, well,
1: also that's a private event, and the virtue specifically has to do with communal. public public uh, public okay. use. Okay. Um, so it could be a wedding because weddings, by their nature, are public events. Even though you need to be invited, mm-hmm. a wedding involves a community. You know that's why uh, you need witnesses. At, mm-hmm. a, at a wedding so it's by it's a public thing but i i, I know what you're saying because you know, like because also saint thomas said being frivolous with your money
0: right because uh, th- th- thomas aquinas says that the excess of of uh magnificence is, is like vulgarity correct because vulgarity is like you're throwing you're throwing t- like you know when oprah does the you get a car you get a car you get a humpback whale and you get yeah it's whale. like and it's like that's just excess right. you know that's that that's uh, throwing it out there to say, look, look what all I can do, mm-hmm. um, and so it seems like so right. that that's like uh, using your money in, improperly, even though the idea is like er, giving everybody a car. Yeah, trying to be generous and is, like, is generous.
1: I, I, I don't, I don't question her motives. Uh, Me you know, either, because I think that's, that that that's not she, that was probably my, really sitting there. I have tons of money. Just, I can buy a car for everybody in the studio sure. one time a year. No big deal. Sure,
0: but you, you see what I'm saying, that's and it's actually, great for ratings. Yeah, exactly. But you see what I'm saying that that's actually not that's also use of uh, your money in vulgarity is what yeah. St. Thomas would say. Sure, sure. Also,
1: part of the virtue is that um, you have uh, the skill of being tasteful with its expenditure. Okay? okay. So we'll talk about this on the other side of the break. Okay.
0: Good, because I talk got a lot of questions.
1: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt, but there's uh, some other things. Are interesting questions I want to. Okay, we're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise
0: your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show. Coming in on the fourth break, because Dave stole the third break from me. I stole the show! We're talking about magnificence, trying to trying to figure out, making sure that we understand what magnificence is, because I'll be honest with you, I'm not exercising the virtue of magnificence right now.
1: Yeah, so uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, he has four questions on magnificence. Okay. Uh, is it a virtue? Is it a special virtue? Does it reside within fortitude? And then, uh, is meanness the opposite of, is it meanness the, the vice? Uh,
0: you know, What's it, the vice
1: of magnificence? Yeah. And he, I think that he says, I don't, I don't, remember what he says. If mean, meanness as in like smallness, which he also, this, it was the same question about ma- magnanimity, whether meanness is the vice opposed to magnanimity, um, so that's that's an interesting thing, but okay, uh, just as opposed to money versus honor. So, okay. Um, basically, magnanimity—you receive, you know, you're doing things worthy of honor. Uh, Magnificence—you're giving money away in a way that is worthy of honor, sort of. Um, but what were we saying right before the break? Uh, about what was the what was the question that we left? I don't even remember. So, anyway, magnificence. This virtue has been very important for culture throughout history. Okay? So, you have to put yourself maybe back in a Greek culture from a long time ago. Just any of the biblical cultures, I I think. Uh, But especially in Aristotle's culture. It was expected that the people of, of wealth would use it for the benefit of the public good. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so they would do things like, um, put on a play for the town or for the city, uh, because you had to hire all the thespians, you had to build the sets, you had to, I mean, it was, uh, several months, you know, of, uh, production, you know, you couldn't, you weren't just like, all right, let's put on a play. Um, you had to, it was, there was a lot of expense to it. Um, And so then the people would come and and watch it. And so, um, or they would outfit. uh, One of the things that Aristotle, the examples he uses, is maybe the wealthy would outfit uh, a a navy battleship. You know, to defend the country. Okay. Or or, you know, and that these things are magnificent acts that only they can do. Okay. So I mean, even if all of the peasants of the town put their extra money together, they still couldn't probably. Build a battleship. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they could put on a small play. I mean, I don't know how much that really cost, but um, that. But there was this idea that the wealthy were responsible for this type of action, this type of behavior,
0: um, okay. and so the fact that they would
1: have done this
0: would that also include like churches? I, I guess they had pagan temples or whatever. That yeah, is, but, but I
1: think I think it would have. Uh, it could. It certainly could have included spaces of worship. I think. I mean, anything that is for public use or for the good of the community okay okay um, so it's not for instance a party with friends like you mentioned earlier kind of your sweet mm. 16 thing mm. um, I, I know what you were trying to say though in in that example um, that's
0: what I get for like busting out analogies without like on the spot
1: yeah it's a risky
0: it's a risky it's business. a, it's a yeah. risky <laughs> it really can be
1: um, so <laughs> this virtue is one that has really impacted culture I mean it's impacted a lot of lives sure um, uh, and when the wealthy of a town lacked this particular virtue, the whole, uh, this is just like a good example of the body of Christ. You know, when one of us is, when, it, when one of us sins, it affects everybody. So the wealthy, uh, have this obligation almost, um, if you were to look at this virtue, you know, to, all right, you've, you've been given a large amount of wealth. Okay. I think about someone like Jeff Bezos. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just the average guy. Like I worked hard. I have a good retirement. Right. Okay. I'm talking about Multi, the, like the wealthy. You, right. Okay. Multi generational. You have an obligation to do something. I mean, as a Catholic, I I think I could certainly say it about myself. That if I all of a sudden started a business or whatever, had a billion dollars, I'm going to feel guilty if I'm not doing something with it. You know, right. I'm just like I'm going to buy yachts. I need more yachts for myself. Right.
0: Uh. I want a
1: fleet of yachts.
0: It'd be cool to play uh, 18 holes of golf onto yachts. Ooh, that would be sweet. No doubt. Uh, no
1: doubt. I can't believe I just thought that. I don't know why I thought that. I know where you're headed, though. And it's, <laughs> it is a cool, it's a cool place. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, when the wealthy of a town or of an era or whatever, if they lacked this particular virtue, you can see how it affected the whole community.
0: Sure. I mean, that's, I mean, so that's. There's a quote, and I'm I'm gonna, but I hate doing this whenever I remember a quote and I can't remember the exact words. I'm right with you, buddy. But it's uh, you know, the poor are there for the sanctity of the rich, and the rich are are there to uh keep uh, to help the poor. You know, yeah. or to, hmm. basically like the poor are there for the sanctity of the rich. You know, because if you have been given the gift of uh, you know, wealth, if you've been given that in your lifetime it's there so you can help others yeah you know that's why god has bestowed that upon you and you know much is given much is expected yeah so it's like spider-man yes Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah i agree uh but that's you know that's the whole purpose of of having money is is, is is not to how much how many yachts can i have anyway so thinking about this that you know this is something that only the wealthy can practice so I can't practice it. Like you ha- cannot, you cannot. So can I not? Can I? You know, ha- okay. Virtue is a habit. It's a habit of doing the good, right? So it's not like one instance of, ex- you know, uh, using magnificence. Yeah. So how do I practice the virtue? Can I practice? You cannot. It? You I cannot. You cannot practice it. Um. So if I do other virtues, though, I gain. Uh, you know, I'm basically kind of. Well, okay. So this is something that say, Thomas Aquinas
1: says: is that when you grow in one virtue, you simultaneously grow in all virtues. Mm-hmm. And so this is what made me think this question: Is it possible for one to to possess a virtue they have never practiced? Because a virtue is a habit, you know. So it's not something that you have done one time; it's something that you have the habit of doing. Right. But if you are a poor man who has who has lived a sanctity you know, a, a very a holy, holy life. life right? Who is in possession of the other virtues? It is. It seems logical that he would also possess the virtue of magnificence, even though he has never practiced it or never, use, yeah, exercised what it at all. What do you think? Is it possible to have a virtue you've never practiced as a habit? No, I, I mean logically, it seems. No, I, th- I think it is. See, I think that. I mean, you. C- I think that you can practice it in small ways, but because. So, St. Thomas says it's a special virtue. I really don't know what he means.
0: I think you can order your appetites to to, to where, you, when you're in yes, that. So, like, this
1: is what I think. I think that I'm on this track right here. Yeah.
0: So, I think you can order your appetites to where you, you, you can when you have the opportunity to uh, exercise some type of virtue that you're already in the. You've already exercised so many other virtues that you're. Uh, state in life, you know, what is good. Your uh, conscience has already been formed very well to where, you know, nope, this is what we're supposed to be doing with this. Yeah. If I ran into a large sum of money, if that, that poor man, that you, the example you used, if he, his whole life lived a virtuous, holy, pious life. And then all of a sudden at 80 years old, he ran into, uh, you know, $300,000 and he's never had that money before. I still think that he could exercise the virtue of magnificence at that point in time because he's been so virtuous and, and building up those virtues. But it, I don't know if it would be a virtuous act or if it would be exercising the virtue of mag, uh, magnificence. Okay, so there
1: is not a dollar amount that is, you know, you have to give away this much. I know. You know so I for just, some, for was, some, you know, if you have lived a life, that's, I was just using that as an example. You know, that's, you know, a poor man. Right. He's used to a certain level of life, you know, a certain lifestyle. To right. him, he could, you know, three hundred thousand. I only need twenty for the rest of my, my life. life. Right. Yeah. So he could maybe then take the other two hundred eighty thousand and do something magnificent with it. Right. Whereas somebody else, you know, who has a house payment or you know many many grandchildren. I mean, I don't know has more needs upon his whatever mm-hmm. i mean i'm not trying to justify exorbitant lifestyles obviously but it's it's relative to your state in life and obviously yeah. prudence is the guiding which is the-, the guiding virtue behind what you know because one financial act for one person might be prudent, where that same act might not be prudent for For somebody else. I agree. Yeah, I know. So, I think it is possible to be in possession of the virtue of magnificence, even though you have never acted it out. Because, once again, like we said earlier, every virtue is essentially a sub-virtue of charity. Right. If love is what motivates you for every action that you have, um, then you will have the virtue... Mm -hmm. even though you've never practiced it, you've practiced it in other ways through all the other virtues, essentially.
0: So really the only way I can be practicing the virtue of magnificence at this point is practicing the other virtues that I can practice. Yeah,
1: yeah. so if you've never played basketball, but you have spent a lifetime shooting free throws Mm -hmm. and dribbling, but you've never played a game of basketball in your life. That's a good example. You might be able to play a game of basketball and be really good Mm -hmm. because you've practiced the individual
0: elements your whole life okay i like that um have we figured out like like the word magnificent are we okay it? so it means uh
1: it comes from magna and which means great and then the latin word for uh, faccio which is means to make okay. so it means a, a, a great action okay so, so it has nothing to do with like magnifying no well it could i i, I don't know actually the the root okay. word of magnify the etymology i, guess. I, I think I would imagine that it, it is similar. I, okay. I would imagine. Um,
0: like in our, our our mother, magnifies the Lord. Because to magnify
1: literally means to make bigger. Make bigger, Okay, right. so the two words, magna and faccio. facio means to make. It's where we get the word factory and okay. make bigger. Right. So I, I'd imagine it's similar.
0: So if you're looking to exercise the virtue of magnificence, you can reach us at thecatholicmanshow.com yeah. at gmail.com. We would love... Yeah. We are a tax deductible. Uh, yeah, we would, we would love C3 to help you exercise that virtue. We've been drinking a Singleton 12 year, brought to you by the Council of Man. We talked about credit cards and the virtue of magnificence. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus.